You're listening to Innovative Minds with Melanie Francis, where we talk to some of the top thought leaders, business leaders, and marketers around the globe. Tune in every Thursday and spark your mind. And now, let's get into it. Welcome back to Innovative Minds. I have with me Andy Foote. And if you haven't heard of Andy Foote, he's a reassuringly expensive LinkedIn content strategist. But for the next hour, you'll get to hear him for free of charge. So, Andy, I heard about you because one of my employees said, you've got to get onto Andy and ask him to be on your podcast. He's brilliant. And he's really giving me some great inspiration and content. And I was like, and he's like, oh, well, he probably won't come on or anything, you know, at the end because he's very, very busy. And um, and I said, well, let me give it a try, you know. And I went into your profile, saw that we're both connected to Richard. So I had a, you know, I was like, okay, maybe this will be, you know, this will, it will land well with him. And it did. So thank you for responding and coming on and sharing your LinkedIn content strategy with us. Melanie, thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to you and to talk uh, all things things LinkedIn. You know, a lot of people uh, come on pod- podcasts and say, I'm excited too, but I'm genuinely excited to, to chat with you. Um, so, yeah, let's, me let's too. chat. Me too. Well, one thing with you that I'm really excited to talk chat about is content strategy because not enough people cover LinkedIn content strategy enough. They talk about everything post and what you do after. So you've got some really cut through content, you know, really cut through and it's really deep, really thought about. You do go for the carousels and you really put a lot of effort into it. I'm really curious to know how do you go about building your own content strategy? Where do the inspirations come from? Who creates the content? Yeah. So I think I think content strategy is the thing uh, to do on on LinkedIn uh, for whatever you're trying to do. It covers uh, an array of objectives, and you know you can achieve those via content strategy. Your content strategy uh, game. Um, what what I used to do is focus on the profile page and making sure you know that's looking splendid and powerful and persuasive uh but frankly there's not a lot to that you know and uh, people do it different ways the main thing is not to make any glaring errors uh, and to tell your story via the about section uh so i've increasingly uh fo- began you know increasingly focused on content strategy and i i come up with um content strategy uh in various ways i've got two or three air, uh, ideas bubbling up uh, in, in my head at, at any one time. And then it's just a question of, okay, which idea do I you know, pick from the cloud? And then do I, which one do I run with? Uh, and, and I also, I put a lot of research into my stuff. So uh, I've always find, found it fascinating to not just uh, do the, the what, not just reporting the news. Okay, this has changed on LinkedIn. Well, big deal, right? Anyone can report the news. What I try to do is I try to go beneath the hood and I, I try to, you know, understand. And, I, and I'd like to think that I'm giving the why. So not just the what, but the why. And I think that's, that, that can be quite um, entertaining and educational for folks. So I've got those ideas bubbling up. And then uh, I've got a Mac. 
and I, I've got this, uh, this sticky window on my Mac where I'm constantly jotting down ideas uh, and then, you know, building them out as, as, as posts. But I'm fairly lucky, Melanie, because uh, my, my favorite topic is, is LinkedIn. And so in theory, right, anyone on LinkedIn should have an interest in what I'm spouting, uh, spouting off on. Cool. So you've got some sort of notes or something where you keep all your ideas there and then you pick from that. That's your process. So as it comes to you or something, you know, makes you annoyed, you're on LinkedIn and then you're like, why is it like that? And you'll just jot it down going, I need to talk about this and find what's under the hood. Then what happens next in your strategy? Do you yourself just have some templates there? Like how do you choose what media format you're going to then have impact with that idea because you sometimes will do carousel sometimes you'll do just a quick image or you might do a textbook how do you decide on that medium yeah, format right and it's interesting you should use the word annoyed because that's that's part of my brand right is uh that yes. some things some, some things well some people would say a lot of things depending on you know uh, what mood i'm in and what part of my content train you see but yes yeah, some things do frustrate me on linkedin uh, and i like to express and i like to vent but not just venting for venting sake uh, i like to point out stuff that is ridiculous and silly right so i'm always prodding linkedin and I'm fiercely independent in that sense, uh, but also recognize that look, this is not a winning strategy necessarily, right? Because if you're, height, uh, if you're biting the hand that feeds, then perhaps, you know, if you do that too much or if you do it, you know, in a post, then don't expect LinkedIn to reward you with reach. It's like this dude is saying that we're doing this wrong. Why on earth should we publicize this? So, you know, that's, that's definitely um, something to bear in mind. I've had other people say, Andy, wow, you're so brave. I'm thinking, well, maybe foolish, uh, because I could never do that. Uh, but so I'm, I'm definitely talking to that that part of my audience too, that the people that want LinkedIn to do better. But in terms of how I actually build and and create my content, I discovered Canva uh, probably about three years ago, and it's been an absolute absolute um, mind blowing, useful addition to to my toolkit. So where, where before I would be hunting around on the web for images that I could possibly use, Canva gives me these ready-made templates of all kinds of things. So I've been able to experiment with infographics and found, you know, certain looks or things that I think will look like me and hopefully slow people down in the feed and say, oh, that, that must be an Andy piece because I recognize the color or the fonts that I'm using the styles. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly experimenting with that, but it's so quick and easy, Melanie, just to go in there and it auto saves, right? So everything you do is auto saved. And I've got a ton of stuff there that I can, ref, you know, reformat, use again, perhaps, or, or use in a different way. But it's my, my depository. It's my, uh, it's my, my artist palette. And it's just uh, been so, so useful. So yeah, I like the document post. The document post to me is, is what I call a, an article in a post wrapper. Uh, so it allows me to sneak in the long form content uh, in the, you know, the vehicle of the day, which is the post. And in terms of dwell time, it's great because, you know, people are not only just reading the post as the kind of the intro, but then they get into the document. And then there's, they're going from page to page to page. And if it's got umpteen pages, then that's super powerful messaging or signaling uh, to the algo that, hey, not only is this person interested, but they're also, uh, he's able to hold his attention. And I think that's quite a powerful signal for the, the algo in terms of, okay, who should we send this next to to test whether or not, you know, it can also hold their attention. 
Got it. Do you strategically put in empty like pages at the end of it? Is that a brand thing? Or sometimes <laughs> I've seen, you know, is that something like you're like, this is a brand or do you put that like, you know, yeah. strategically put the empty pages to hold the dwell time longer? So yeah, not on, not on purpose. <laughs> I think I think it's, I think it's a bit I think it's a bit devious uh, actually uh, yeah. to do that. Uh, and I haven't seen people do it, frankly, uh, and I'm glad about that. But no, I I did that as a mistake uh, for one of my recent oh. posts. It had those extra pages in Canva, and I didn't notice uh, when I published. And of course, once you once you publish an attachment, an image, or a document, you can't then go back and edit it. It so you're kind of stuck with that. So. Once, so yeah, exactly. I know. So once I once I realized my mistake, uh, I joked. I said, "So this is the only document post on LinkedIn to give you four additional pages for note taking." And then I did a PPS and said, "Yeah, I goofed. I, I made a mistake." So I think people appreciated that, but it wasn't intentional. That's for sure to uh, extend dwell time. Oh yeah, I was wondering that. I was like, "Is this like a technique?" But your um. I was like, maybe Andy's onto something here. But you're, you know what's really annoying is when you do a carousel, like I did one recently, and I real I didn't look carefully enough about the steps seven and eight, and it would because I'd moved it around in Canva, it had gotten screwed. But then, if I take it down, I'm going to lose the reach now. So right. it's a really difficult situation when yeah. you've posted and there's an error. Right. And people must be wondering that. And most people knee jerk and they just take it down because they're like, this is branch damaging. But what I've noticed is if I repost the exact same content again, my reach may not be the same. It's like maybe LinkedIn knows that the content is exactly the same and it somehow had a print of it. Do you feel like they already know when you repost, like, even if you delete it, take it down and post it again in like, say, a couple of days because you've got to fix it and I've sometimes noticed I didn't get the same reach or they've thought it's an imprint. Yeah, so I don't know exactly whether or not they they ding you for duplicate duplicate content. I don't I don't know if they do that and there's been a lot of talk about uh, over the over the years about oh you should never edit your your post in the you know the post body because that will definitely harm your reach. I'd love for people to actually give me proof of that Melanie, right? I'd love to A see that proof, but B You've got to, I think, apply some kind of common sense here that um, if if you've made a mistake, then are LinkedIn really going to penalize you for fixing that mistake? I, I doubt it. I think I think what what people should be more worried about is the heavy editing so that it becomes then unrecognizable to the original post and it's completely changed, especially if people have already started commenting on it, because then it just doesn't keep its veracity. It doesn't keep its, uh, you know, the, the thing that it was trying to uh, communicate. So, uh, you know, wholesale editing. Mm -mm. But as for a duplicate content, I have no idea. I, I expect that once you've put that post out there that and then you, you then think oh no this is horrible it's got too many mistakes i want to start i want to start fresh i suspect that linkedin doesn't care so much about the duplicate but about the fact that you're taking multiple bites of the the apple so you know that and richard's yeah, Rich, Richard spoke about this uh, or has researched this too, that, um, you know, if you're going to uh, publish multiple time, times during the day, then you should wait at least three hours between posts um, because there's this thing, I think, on LinkedIn, which is uh, don't be greedy. Uh, and that might fall into the don't be greedy category. It's like, look, we've got a ton of creators who are all trying to get um, oxygen on this platform. Don't take too much oxygen. You've got your lot. 
be happy with that and ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, I think whether it's LinkedIn or maybe when the post comes again to the same people's feed, whether the interaction is lower now because they've already seen it, could be it could be nothing to do with LinkedIn. It could be yeah. that, you know, the second time they're seeing the exact piece of and they're media. Just not, yeah, and they're just not responding to and, it. could well be that too. Yeah. Um, it could, not sure about it. So do you plan to post X times a week because some people really dwell on that I couldn't see a consistency on yours as much as you know someone else that I have to show up every day because the pressure's always on isn't it like I'm always like if I don't post today I've got FOMO but it doesn't seem that you have that same strategy when it comes to your content no you're absolutely right yeah well spotted so uh, I've never been uh, I've never been scheduled never been a fan of uh, putting pressure on myself to let's say publish once a day doesn't doesn't work for me um i'm uh, i'm this uh, carefree wordsmith artist type that only produces or creates when i've got something i think worth sharing and yeah so in my mindset you know i would never put myself under that pressure and i've also posted that other people shouldn't feel pressured either that you know these like posting once a day for 30 days or more challenges are kind of nuts because what what exactly does that achieve all right i guess there's a you know there's a regimen uh, there's discipline to that approach and for newbies the argument is well it gets them into the you know the habit you know, whatever works, and I think that's the, the emphasis is whatever works for you uh, is, is most important. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very ad hoc, very relaxed about um, posting, and I'll only post when I have something uh, worthwhile. Looking at my analysis, looking at the, um, the engagement and the impressions over the last year, I'm a slacker. Because if I compare the last six months <laughs> with the first six months, it's kind of like I've been absent. And I must, I don't know, I must have had a lot going on with clients is the only way I would explain that. Yeah. You know, the other thing, the reach on the platform from, I started three years ago, you started way before me, 10 years ago. I mean, the reach just keeps declining, right? So there's, and then yeah. the way that they've recently changed the metrics is to show you impressions for the last week. They're pushing the, you know, um, reach down, but putting that metrics in front of you it shows me that they want the volume to be produced. So you do feel that pressure going, oh, my God, like if I can't get the reach with the one post that I used to, now there's this pressure to produce more quantity to keep up with the same impressions. It's just what you feel and it's what they put next to you as soon as you log in on your left-hand side, you know, impressions and and the analysis. So I do feel that LinkedIn is putting uh, statistics or around you to make you post more. I, there may well be something to that, Melanie. Um, my, my take is that, boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if LinkedIn would actually, uh, let's say, visually show you the amount of reach that you're getting, right? Actual reach. How many, how many people are actually seeing your content? Uh, and then you'd have a much sharper uh, idea of the engagement that you're getting from it, right? Because if you're getting X amount of reach and you're only getting Y amount of engagement, then perhaps the engage well, not perhaps, but your, your content just isn't hitting. So for reach, um, whether or not it is a, whether or not it is gradually reducing for all creators on the platform, 
That's a that's a great question. Wish I knew. I, I can confirm, as as you've noticed too, that yeah, impressions back in the day, right? Views, you would think nothing, perhaps, of getting a hundred K. It's like, yeah, that was a that was a walk in the park, right? Now you're lucky if you're getting and you're grateful almost for anything up to a hundred thousand impressions. So that's a that's a very very good day in terms of content. Uh, but the one the one thing that never changes for me is the is the engagement. So I've got a, a a sort of base level of engagement that I kind of expect with each piece of content that I get. And as long as I uh, you know as long as I achieve that, that's great. And reactions, yeah, that's a slightly different you know kettle of fish. Reactions, you know, these days I'm getting six hundred uh, reactions, and you know, it's like, well, it is what it is. Just one thing quickly. I, I read a, uh, an autobiography by Brian Cranston, who is the lead actor in Breaking Bad. And he was a journeyman actor for the long, a long part of his career, just doing average stuff and not getting that much success. And he was worried about this lack of success because he felt he was talented. And he, and he is, he, he Yes, and he went to this uh, this acting coach, and the acting coach says, "Yeah, you should worry right less about the achievement and the success. The success focus entirely on the process." And what he was saying there was pretty clever, and this uh, this applies to a lot of things, including LinkedIn content strategy. Is that as long as you are focused on enjoy getting your enjoyment out of the process part of it, right? Putting it together, actually cre- the creation part of it, everything else will kind of right matter less, but also may well come you know come to come into uh, come into to fruition. So as long as you are you're you're happy doing what you're doing that success may well come, but that's a much better state of mind than hoping for the, and not getting it. It's like, oh no, I only, I only got 300, I only got 300 reactions. And you know, I got, I got a, I got 50 people commenting. No. Did you enjoy that post? Did you, did you put something out in the world that you're proud of? Right. Is it unique? Was it, was it both entertaining and informative? Yeah, that's the process. That's what, that's the long-term game. And of course, what happened was he focused on his acting and what he enjoyed most, and then he would get bigger roles until he got, you know, possibly the best role, excluding Malcolm in the middle, which was very good, but Breaking Bad was amazing. And that, that basically put him on the map as far as the world is concerned. No, you're absolutely right. What I was curious about when you said is I only look at engagement. Is that because you think engagement is only comments? Is that how you see? I see engagement as different slices of the cake. Uh, and the most important slice of that cake for me is the comments, because the comments, uh, the comments actually drive content and are content in and of themselves. And LinkedIn treats uh, comments as content too. So, and, and if, you know, if you're doing a great job in a comment section, then you can actually get voted up. You can get voted up. And so other people, imagine that, right? Your content in comments gets voted by people. And so all of a sudden you're getting double digit, triple digit even sometimes, right? Reactions to your to your comments. That's 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 really, really cool. So in order to get comments, you have to be asking or be provocative usually in a way to get comments, I find. You know, people could just go past it, enjoy your thought leadership. How do you ensure that you actually get comments because I've seen like you know people put good stuff out there and but they didn't get the comments. 
yeah. because they didn't maybe put something provocative or something that people were like, I don't really know or I don't know if I agree. So you're quite good at that. Is that is that what what's your sort of structure in strategy yeah. when you put out a piece? Right. To get um, the comments. So right. I I think I think that if you can let your personality shine in the way that you communicate via via comments, and you need the post, right? The post body is, is is your opportunity to do that too. But you're right. It's it's all about how do you engage and how do you get that conversation a going and b continuing. So I ask questions is is one technique I use. Right? Uh, someone posted today that they they didn't understand what I was saying in my post. So, well, what didn't you understand? All right. And then he comes back. Okay. But, and he mentioned something being free. Well, what's, what do you mean by free? And I'm genuinely wanting to understand and then to help him, right. To, 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 with his comprehension of this post that he's not, that he's not getting. So I'm not doing it in a, uh, I'm not doing it just for the sake of, of, of getting that dialogue. I'm genuinely trying to help. So that's one, one thing I do. The other thing I do is uh, if there's something that only LinkedIn can, can answer, then I will, I will, I will ping at LinkedIn help. And I will say, let's, let's, let's ask LinkedIn. You know, I don't know the answer to this. Let's ask LinkedIn. So that's another thing I do. And that, that, that is, that is uh, usually helpful, especially when LinkedIn help come back in. And then they, they usually give their, you know, their pro forma uh, blueprint, uh, blue, boiler, boilerplate comment, which is, yeah, okay, whatever, didn't help. Um, and then, then there are also people that help you, right? Because there are, there are the people that recognize, okay, it's the post, Right, the post is out there, but this is our opportunity to coalesce. This is our opportunity to get to get with Andy and other pals, and just to have a convo. It's like the water cooler effect. So you've got to have that uh, that that tribe that are willing to jump into comments and basically spend the precious part of their day, right, going back and forth, uh, and then being, yeah, without a doubt, being, um, you know, b- putting your stake in the in the sand and saying i i stand on i stand by this and being very sort of declaratory or opinionated or provocative right definitely works absolutely now are there ways that you can be provocative without offending anyone absolutely that's that's the name of the game so give me your opinion right uh, don't say my truth this is my tr- i hate my truth right that's that's that, that's not going to work with just give me your opinion back it up possibly right but let's have this you know very good natured uh debate and 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 you know uh, back and forth about it and thankfully i've had you know m- more of most of those have been um you know what i've what i've uh, seen in in conversation on LinkedIn. i think also prof- because it's a professional network people tend to realize that okay well you know future bosses present bosses and people that could actually you know change uh, how i uh, or affect how i earn money uh, are always watching so that that tends to um, stop people from being, you know what? Yeah, I think provocative and, you know, um, having an opinion is super important. Like recently I repurposed a video I did that did really well a few, maybe a year ago. It was, should you accept every connection request? And I went and turned and repurposed that into a carousel because carousels are doing much more better. And I thought, okay, I want to communicate in this style now that, so I put it out there that I believe my personal opinion is at the beginning, just build up people, like accept everyone and build up your network. It doesn't really matter. And then I actually put a number. I said, once you start getting into the 10,000 up, that's when I started really being really selective um, because I was like, you know what, it's sort of 
But at the beginning, I just was like, yep, I'm happy to just get anyone that's going to comment. And then I realized I'm here to play a much more deeper game than when you initially stand out. So I said, you know, you can be kind of not that into it. And it actually got people going, got really people into heated debates because they were like, well, I don't really agree with that. I think from day one, you should do it right. You know, and that's kind of provocative, but it's just, I'm putting my opinion, which is going to have debate. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many different ways of doing LinkedIn. uh, And frankly, none of them uh, or very few of them are right. Uh, you know, absolutely correct. And it's very much uh, subjective in terms of what works for you. And I did the exact same thing when I was first starting off. I thought, I've got to have a big network, got to build it, got to build it fast. How do I do it? So connecting with anyone with a heartbeat, right, is essentially what I did. In fact, I did something super strange. I had two accounts. So one was Andy Foote, the other one was Andrew Foote, confusing AF. And, the you know, one, I think it was the Andrew, was, uh, could have been the other one, was uh, basically a line approach, LinkedIn open networker. And then the other one was just people I knew and trusted and actually knew in real life. And then I realized, uh, you know, when this one was rapidly building and this one was kind of slowly building, I was thinking, this is ridiculous, especially if I'm, you know, I'm a business and people are trying to find out how to contact me. So thankfully, LinkedIn uh, gives you this merge op- option. So I was able to merge both, call it Andy, uh, and, and that was that. But the, the, the leftover effect from me um, connecting with anyone willy-nilly is that, a, you know, there's a subsection of my network that don't really know me. I don't know them. And they are kind of dark and, and mysterious uh, because I didn't, you know, strategically build with people that uh, phenomenally, uh, primarily, um, I could help and they could help me. Yeah, I have that too. I actually went through about, a, about I don't know, eight months ago or something and just went through anyone that I felt isn't, you know, the right ICP for me. So I had about 24,000 that last year and I kind of cleaned it out because I just had engagement from regions, which that meant that I was getting too blasted in those regions. And I really wanted to impact the regions of being in Australia, being connected right. to the business network and startups here. I wanted to connect into this US market where my market was of who I could, you know, actually do business with from sure. multiple reasons of um, what I was interested in. So I actually had to go through that painful process and you can't remove a lot per day, Andy. It's the same as connecting. Yeah. So I had this painful process that I had my team help me out with. Yeah, it, 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 it's, not, it's not easy to do for sure. Uh, I would never attempt um, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, weeding out or culling is a horrible word, but, you know, people call it that. I would never, uh, I would never even attempt it, mainly because, uh, you know, it's such a, a laborious, uh, time-intensive uh, process. But also, uh, I wouldn't know where to start, frankly. LinkedIn yeah. doesn't give you, you know, the uh, A, the ability to, uh, you know, quickly go to uh, a list, let's say a list of your network, and then to cross people off based on what exactly, how are you going to, how are you going to, you know, shut the door on future opportunities like that too, was another thing that, that, that worries me about culling. So as long as people are, you know, um, respectful, and they're, they're not bugging me, they're not being a pain in the you know what, then they'll stay in my network. As soon as they, you know, as soon as they do opposite, as soon as they do become a problem, then I'd be happy to remove. And if, you know, if necessary, if they're being twerps publicly around (laughs) my content, then I'll remove and then possibly block. Do you think CEOs of companies 
should build a personal brand? Great question. Well, you can you can probably guess my 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 answer. Yes. Now, is there is <laughs> is there a, a a case for the millionaire super successful um, or billionaire? Um, who who has has basically made it in life? What their argument is? Their counter is well, why, Melanie? I mean, I you know why do I need LinkedIn? It doesn't make any sense because I you know I've I've already achieved so much without LinkedIn. Uh, the the fact is that if you don't have a profile page on LinkedIn, uh, this is where most people come to find you. So they're googling your name. They either don't see you on 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 LinkedIn. And think hmm. Not sure what I think about that, or they see this threadbare skeleton thing that you haven't you haven't really made any effort to make you know presentable. Then that's another thing that you know is is they that is defining your brand, regardless of what you think you're doing or you've done in the world. Uh, LinkedIn should really mirror that, or you should at least give it um, you know uh, a, a college try. So that's my that's my that's my um, answer. I think you need to be on there. Uh, or, or, or let's say if you're not on there, then, you know, people will subjectively, um, judge you, uh, for not being there or not being on there properly. Uh, at least do that minimum. And then we can talk about, well, what about your peers who are just as successful as you, but guess what? They're killing it on LinkedIn. How does that make you feel? Yeah. But a lot of CEOs might say, well, why can't my company just do the branding thing? Like I'm, why do why do I need to go and yeah. post content? Like why can't so what about, company? Yeah, absolutely. So what about all those stories where you are very impressed when a CEO or someone from the C-suite actually rolls their sleeves up and helps a customer or reaches out and responds to a customer or a client? How impressive is that? So that that would be my response is that that never fails, right? That human to human. Um, thing mm. it, it succeeds for a, a, a great reason it's because you know we're all the same we all we all get up in the morning and put our trousers and skirts on in the same way there's nothing different here what about not just the c-suite but what about a full company who within a company do you think should be doing personal posts right. like yeah. would it be everyone or is there some yeah. people that you go yeah. So, so not everyone's going to be good at the content creation game or communicating or engaging and putting their personality and their flair out there in such a way that is, is mesmerizing or magnetic or, or, you know, or both. Not everyone's going to have that, that skill set or that ability or that, um, or that need, really, because, you know, some of it comes from a deep place where I've got to be out mm-hmm. there. I've got to be with my human mm-hmm. being, fellow human beings, especially during a pandemic, right? There was this surge mm-hmm. towards platforms, social platforms like LinkedIn. Um, but so I think the task for, for businesses, organizations, is to find the natural uh, champions for their company who are very good at and very familiar with social and my buddy Simon P. Marshall, uh, who works with law firms, uh, primarily in the UK, he he knows this. He's got the data. He can he can point to people within an organisation within that law firm, saying, "This person is mm. your champ. That's the person who has clearly won the content engagement game on LinkedIn. That's the person you should be asking to elevate your brand and work mm. with your brand to put it out there." Uh, there was a great piece. There was a great piece by uh, Devin Bramhall, B R 
A-M-H-A-L-L, Devin, D-E-V-I-N. Um, a few weeks ago, she essentially wrote about um, LinkedIn. The biggest mistake with uh, people businesses make with LinkedIn is they, they treat it like a funnel and they're putting out in they're putting out posts content and they're they're only doing it because they want it to directly affect their bottom line they want to get that pipeline filled by stuff they do on linkedin and she's saying uh uh-uh, uh no completely wrong right don't ever forget that linkedin is primarily social right this is a place where you go for conversations and you join groups and you build communities and you spark off one another and you build relationships one-on-one or within a group, right? With as many people in the group as possible. It is a social thing, right? The biggest mistake that businesses are making, and I agree with this entirely, is that they're there and they're trying to uh, transact. They're trying to see it in the cold light of business and trying to try to draw a line between what you do on LinkedIn to, uh, or to, to find that ROI or to, you know, that, you know that's that's impossible to do you've got to do the long game the long game you've got to be on there building the brand building the relationships eventually you'll get clients and customers that's how it works correct right so correct. the problem the problem with you know that that sort of that that accounting uh, perspective the sales and, and the business development is a it's really hard to figure out what the causation the ROI is on LinkedIn stuff and B it's going to take a long long time if you do the affinity piece and you do it well no I agree with you I was just talking to my team yesterday and I said there was a someone that booked in to a call and they were like oh well we just sent out an email and we've got this guy that booked in yay our email did really well and I said I've known that guy for three years he came on my podcast three years ago had the same yeah. office as him and now right. he's received he's been watching we've been connected on LinkedIn you know I'm like he's a friend of mine I would say almost and yep he booked in because he's been been touch point so many times and then seeing that probably consistency and it was like yep I'll book in I know her I trust her and that's what social is it helps you to, for three years and I'm oh, I'm yeah. just that's the re I think yeah. people come in and even when they do business with us, they're like, okay, what will happen within three months? If everyone could build a brand in three months, if I help you strategically post content for three months and you can build Rome in three months, we wouldn't like, you know, we wouldn't all be here because the next person would take over. So everyone's got this really short term view. And when you say to them, you know, you've got at least minimum, when you deal business with me, I always say minimum 12 months, and really, you should be having a much longer thinking, but at least you've got to be able to get in your head from a budgetary perspective that there's going to be creatives at play, there's going to be strategy at play, and it's a really long process. And even after 12 months, you might not get exactly what you're thinking because just because you're producing content in a year, because yeah. everyone goes, oh, my network is the only one that's doing business with me, but your network's known you for years and years and years, and that's what you're building right now through LinkedIn is you're yeah. building a network yeah. of trust, and it takes so long it really does it, right and and you know for some for some um some cfos <laughs> it, it takes too long uh period but i keep thinking about the the one nine ninety rule have you heard of this one nine ninety so yeah yeah the one nine ninety so one percent apply to linkedin one percent of folks uh, on linkedin will create nine mm-hmm. percent uh, will engage mm. and ninety nine zero percent 
will only ever observe yeah. and digest, right? So, and they're silent. The ninety yes. percent are silent. And this this brings this brought home to me that um, I have I, I've lost count of the number of clients that have said to me, "I've been a fan of yours for years." Really? Because I don't I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. The first time I've heard of you is when you engaged me to work with Excellent. so so what, what's what's happening here is you've got you've got the vast majority probably around 90% of people on linkedin who are merely lurking they're just observers and they will never ever stick their head above the parapet and engage no they're just not going to do it it's not in their dna they're not built that way they'd rather not but they're perfectly happy taking notes and eventually uh you know they'll 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 want to be your client right so yeah. you're top of mind whenever well, you're putting out content you're top of mind and in their time of need when they decide to pull the trigger that's you know that's when it happens so all you know the nine the nine percent who are engaging with you wonderful they're giving you algo juice they're extending your reach they're you're super fans i'm going to write about them tomorrow because uh, there's this tool that i've been able to find out you know who the who the, uh, the the super fans are and it's phenomenal you kind of know that in your head but these people are not likely to actually hire you and do business with you they're Never. just there for the that no they're there for the chat and the engagement they want to hang with you but become a client no no that's, and that's cool isn't I, that I'm totally isn't that cool true that. the people that comment and really engage are usually not the people yeah that you'll ever do business with so when you're like looking at it going oh it's just some person that's got no job title that's ever going to end up hiring me it's yeah. you know some analyst but you've got to still go back and still comment and engage because they're giving you that algo juice. It's such a great point you make because the people that comment is never it, that the person that you end up doing business with. And people miss that, Andy. They go, I'm only going to comment back to the people that are really important. Right. And I think they're missing out because yeah. that person then won't comment again and you'll miss out on a huge boost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, affinity, if you think about affinity, think about, you know, uh, concentric circles, you know, in the middle, you've got, you've got the, you've got your one percenters who are basically they're in the, the in the same boat as you and they're paddling along and they know exactly what you're going through. And then the, you know, the 9% of the folks that you love, that you know, and you like to, uh, have that chin wag with, but the 90%, that's the that's the extremity of the affinity. There's still a you know there, there's still that affinity with you, you just don't know about it. So that's that's so, uh, I think that that's the right model. So the right understanding. one there's one topic I think you're the perfect person to talk about it with, um, and it's the horrible word word pods, right? Never and heard of them. <laughs> and it's been on my mind that look. For everyone listening on, pods can be done in various ways, okay? It can be a group of people that you know that's in your WhatsApp and you to ask your employees, can you make sure you comment on my thing, you know? that It can be as simple as that and there is much more bigger, more sophisticated ways of where groups come together and they do it through much more automations. Now, it is real and it is happening and I think, you know, everyone knows it and What's recently happened over the years is LinkedIn has gotten smarter with, I think, identifying what's been going on and game, the gaming of the system and they've introduced dwell time and you'll hear a lot of influencers like Andy, Richard, um, myself now talking about dwell time and the way I think, you know, what we've done is seeing 
if it's someone from your company, and we'll just keep it quite safe, the conversation, going and just putting a like or putting a comment and they didn't spend the time um, on actually engaging and looking through all those carousels and reading that um, post, I think LinkedIn will go, well, that's not really genuine, right? And you won't get the same viewership as someone that actually took the time to go through. So, you know, gaming the system is more difficult, but I guess people still feel that there is still some sort of boost. What's your view, I guess, on having a tribe or having people that you let people know how I've posted? Is that something, you know, you believe in or you think that um, LinkedIn's got its own, the dwell time is better now? Um, You know, it's really hard to know what to do because sometimes you put out some really good content and I do feel LinkedIn does let you down and doesn't, you know, help you with it and then thinks the content's crap because they haven't actually gone and shown it potentially to the right people. So it's a very difficult position sometimes going, okay, let it be. And then also ask your crew to go, hey, do you mind, you know, engaging with me? Like where to where to sit on that, I guess, is yeah. really difficult. Yeah. So so something's gotta give, hasn't it? Because uh if I speak from my own perspective, and a lot of people who have spent, um, you know, some time on the platform, gradually building, are, are in the same, are in this exact same position. I got fifty-five thousand followers, and I can only ever get a maximum of six hundred reactions. Uh, that's my, that's my base. That's all LinkedIn are going to allow me. So what's wrong with that picture, right? You've got 55,000 people who have voted to see my stuff. Yeah. I'm only ever going to get this uh, this tiny fraction of the Correct. audience. So that's that's a major, major problem. LinkedIn needs to fix that, whether they're trying to do that with the subscriber bell or some other means, right? Because that popped out of nowhere. That bell was like, what? Suddenly you're giving us this. This is interesting, yeah. but you're not giving us the list, right? So people click on this bell. We have no idea who, sure. when, no. and all of that, all of that good stuff. So that's interesting. But yeah, the, the pods. I speak as a reformed, uh, reformed uh, reformist because I started a pod uh, without knowing it was a pod mm-hmm. um, about four years ago, and uh, essentially it was. I know all of these fantastic content producers and they're kind of in my business, right? Most of them were LinkedIn. Some of them were resume pros and career professionals. Let's all get together because I, mm. I love their work and let's mm. all help one another support and we'll do mm. it via, you know, a, a chat mechanism mm. and we'll do it through Slack and we'll coordinate. Yeah. And so we'll just mutually support. And so, and, mm. and yes, we'll do it in accordance with what we knew about the algorithm at the time, which is as mm-hmm. soon as you publish, tell us in the chat group and we'll, 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 we'll jump yes. on and we will add meaningful commentary and we will boost Correct. you up because this is what we do as pals. And then Correct. someone in the group said, and it was it was at least 50 or so, probably more, hmm. uh, of great people. And someone within the group uh, messaged me and said, I've heard that LinkedIn are cracking down on this kind of thing. And it's it, they're called pods. And I said, really? So <laughs> I immediately sent an email uh, to LinkedIn support and was very specific. and said, look, this is what I'm doing with a bunch of others. Is this breaking any rules? And uh, I got a very fast response. Not only was it fast, but it was also clear and, and, and very specific. It said, yes, this does go against our 
uh, this particular, and they've changed the 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 the, the rule, whatever it was. They've actually removed it, um, oh. and yeah, they've 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 incorporated it in the uh, professional policy uh, uh, professional community policy guidelines, I think. And they've said it's manipulation of the algorithm. Do not, uh, in advance of publishing a post, um, organize, try and get people to comment. Um, you know, you know, as you say, gaming, uh, gaming. So as soon as I got that information back, I closed the group down. I said, okay, we're out because we're mm. not going to break any rules. And that was that. And, and my attitude now is that, look, people will see this for what it is, which is manipulation. And when everyone else, mm. um, are not doing this kind of, uh, cheating, then mm. that, you know, that's a problem for you and your brand if you are doing it. And furthermore, we can mm. tell if you're doing it because mm. those comments are short and are not helpful and are clearly, this is amazing, agree. Mm. Blah, blah, you know, yeah. and it's like, no, we know what's happening here. And usually you can tell by looking at the content itself whether or not it's, you know, it's high quality and whether or not it's worthy of the, enga- the ensuing engagement. So it's easy to spot. It breaks the rules. You could get suspended. Uh, you don't. Great content doesn't need support. Doesn't need. Um, doesn't need uh, sort of um, holding up like that, right? It it yeah. propping up. Propping up is the word I was looking for. Um, it great content, organic. And what happened? I mean, I've got a pod, but it's 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 organic. It's 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 essentially it's an audience that basically will look for my stuff. If they don't see it, you know, in the feed, they'll come to my profile page and then they'll seek it out and then they'll engage and they'll do that. You know, the super fans, uh, are a pod, but I don't, I don't ask them to, I will never say, I will never message someone and say, Hey, I'm about to drop this. I would love for you to comment. I'm not never going to do that. It's just not, not who I am. And, you know, there are some pods out there that actually will, will, you know, ask for money for that kind of propping up, which is kind of ridiculous. Well, I don't think the propping up works any longer because I think what's happened over time is LinkedIn's gotten into this dwell time of it. And just to share, you know, I you you might I've posted organically twelve likes, about fifteen or seven, nine, ten natural comments that people were just doing, and it was getting me way way more views when I then when I actually propped and used the same people to comment because I even started noticing I think when you are getting the same group of people to comment I think they've noticed that it's the same people from your organization commenting and it's not variation of people so it's they've got to see that yeah yeah it's so easy to support Melanie I would say yeah but it's the same people I mean it's the same people commenting so they know that you're sort of you know it's the same people it's not natural so but more recently, the vanity metrics, I guess, is why it's driv- people are driven by that. But when I've looked at both, okay, don't just do it natural. Let's see what happens. They're actually rewarding that because it's like somehow they've actually figured out that this is, they're not, and one thing I've noticed about LinkedIn, they're not worried about the likes as much. I think what they're really focused on is comments. One thing that I do feel disappointed by is when people share because that's not gamed in any way, you know, someone really likes your content and shares it. I think that's a huge honour to have someone do that. I think that should be valued, that, that they've Very gone much. to the effort to share it, and they don't. And I'm quite disappointed with LinkedIn for not giving that actually a – because, you know, if you've got shareable content, your content's really good. So if you've got a couple of people sharing your content, I think that that should be 
propped up, but it's not, which, and it, and if sharing's not, again, I don't think a thing that's that gamed, it's not just auto commenting or anything like that, but um, what's your view on that? Do you think sharing should be given more priority? Well, I agree with you. You know, given, given how much effort is involved um, in, you know, it, the, the reshare, uh, because technically we, we are sharing when we publish, but the reshare is, uh, I always think is a phenomenal thing for anyone to do for, for a, a creator, for an author. And I think what, what's actually happening, and LinkedIn have tried to, you know, encourage those reshares too by saying, you know, your comment can be, a, you know, reposted as well as, uh, and there's an interesting animal, which is the repost, which is not a reshare at all. It's just, you know, someone like copy pasting your, your, your whole po uh, post, which is super interesting. So LinkedIn is certainly trying to give us different ways to uh, reshare someone's content. And yes, it's a, it's a huge thumbs up and uh, honor for people to do that. I think what's, what, what may be happening on, when that happens is that you're trying, to, uh, you're trying to jump from one audience to another, from one tribe to another. And I think that other tribe doesn't know you as well. And so that's possibly, you know, one, you know, some of the dynamics going on why reshares don't apparently do as well. It could simply be that they look, you don't know me, um, and 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 therefore, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with look, if you've got some clout, if you typically get a lot of reactions uh, or you know high engagement, um, then. Unless that person that's resharing also has a similarly built-in um, substantial clout, then it's 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 not gonna you know it's not gonna um, do as well as the original um, share. So can can LinkedIn you know can LinkedIn I don't know leverage the reshare or show the reshare in a different light or give it you know maximum oomph um, you know in terms of reach possibly would they think of that as manipulation themselves? Maybe I don't know enough about it, but I would love. This is one thing that LinkedIn doesn't do well. Um, they don't explain themselves. They don't. You know, I think. I think it was like four or five years ago that I saw a, an actual LinkedIn data scientist uh, walking at the stage and giving a presentation about how the algorithm worked. It was phenomenal, and the meat, right, the real meat of that presentation was in the questions from the audience the last 10 minutes or so where she was happily, uh, Bonnie Barlow was happy going back and forth. And I was like, what? And I, I, I thought, this is amazing. Why don't you do this more often? And they're, they're tight-lipped, and you know, this is one of the, the main criticisms I have is that, you, they're doing it because oh this is the algo we've got to protect the out because this is you know this is our ip and we don't want competitors to and or we, or we don't want you know we don't want um users to game and to to use this no that's there's got to be a middle ground there's got to be a way of sharing for example just defining what do you mean by quality what do you do what do you mean by by uh relevance right how are you assessing content before it gets published right that that's mind blowing to me, right? So your your post is actually getting a score, an internal score, because we'll never, we don't know it at this stage. There's got to be a middle ground to explain yeah. to content producers what exactly is going on whenever you after you click, uh, click publish, without it being um, without it being open to manipulation, without it being a competitive 
uh, or a competitor issue. Frankly, they're a monopoly. What the heck are they worried yes. about? You know, uh, where I don't else think are we going to go? TikTok's going to copy the algorithm anytime soon, given right. Yeah, <laughs> they're right. they're on a video uh, platform. So yeah, as someone said, you know, it's a kids a kids dance app. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much more. It's so, it's much, so more. much more. It's so much yeah. more. And it's um, what I am curious about is also with LinkedIn, the type of formats they seem to preference and it changes. And, you know, I saw you recently posted and shared that where they said that the poll was going crazy for about 12 months and we were all like just do polls, 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 get all the impressions appear. I mean, we weren't looking at the quality of the poll so much um but if you did a poll if i was hiring someone do a poll hiring someone use poll as a format to communicate a message and every time they release something right it's like they just give it free oh, loading yeah. opportunities absolutely and, and you're like yep i'll get on. i mean polls are still doing well um do you when you think about your content strategy do you sort of use carousel because you know that that's a that's a format that LinkedIn obviously has preference still towards being a resume built first, you know, platform. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are lots of reasons I love the carousel, the the, the document post. I mean. As I said before, it's a way for me to sneak in because I'm I'm a writer and I, I have a lot to say and I like to have a long runway to to, to message and to put information out and so. The document post, uh, you know, done well if it's uh, if it's easily digested on desktop and mobile. So you're using Got it. You know, big enough big enough font, and you're using you know, images that will grab you. Uh, they're great because the first thing that people say uh, see in in the feed is that image of the first page. So it's satisfying that it looks like an image. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's more to this image. Actually, yeah. uh, it's hit. I, I can I can slide back and forth. This is this is this is powerful. So I love it for all of, the, all of those reasons and for dwell time as well. Um, Got it. Yeah. But, but but and and also it's it's not that I'm doing it specifically because I think this is uh, you know the best thing that the algo for in terms of the algo it's the best thing for right. me in the way that I work. And Got so it. sure, I, I I like to know as much as I can about the algorithm. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I think works for me. So I, it's based on years of what I think works for me. And, and does the algorithm change? Yeah, regularly. Yeah. Uh, do I necessarily know, you know the impact of those changes? No. Am I going to spend too much time trying to figure it out? No, not really. Okay. Um, but the, the other thing about LinkedIn is that yeah, there's so many different vehicles to go to market, and yes, those those if they're brand new vehicles like you know polls when they first came out, then absolutely jump on that bandwagon because LinkedIn is going to say this is a new feature. We'd love for our users to start using this new feature. How are we going to do that? We're going to give you more reach than usual, and don't expect that to to maintain at that level. But there's polls, there's LinkedIn audio, um, there's uh, what was the last? What was the most recent thing? There's um, there's a different kind of carousel now that will. Uh, it's actually live video, yes. so you can flick yes. back and forth, which is yes. very cool, right? Um, yeah, we so, could do so, one of ours this podcast yes. of all the little Absol snippets that we went through, and yeah. people could just scroll through it. So that's going to be fun Absolutely. coming up. Yeah, they haven't launched so, it to everyone, right? Though, right? It's in no, no. It's it's in it's in. Uh, I think it's in a beta. And then, uh, depending on that goes how that goes, it'll it'll be launched um, more or less in the same same form. But I hope yeah, it gives so us heaps of reach. 
initially yes. when it's launched. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, it, it's all it's all about attention grabbing. Uh, yeah. Frankly, you know, if you can stop people in the feed um, and they, you know you can grab their attention, you can satisfy them enough that they think, mm, "Who is this? Who is this Melanie person?" Let me go mm. to their profile page. Mm, I'm going to go ahead and follow her. Oh, hold on a second. By following, there's this bell thing on the top right. I think I'll I think I'll click. Oh, what does that do? Oh, okay, notification. Yeah, okay, I'll click on that too. And then bang, you know, you're expanding the newsletter initial launch yeah. you know it's the same kind of thing right initial launch was wow reach reach and then right. back to mm. but you and know what i didn't get about yeah. the newsletter the newsletter you've spoken about it and you've posted about it and love the diagram the first time you post you're like on some high you're like oh my god it's like you've only had, like you've had cocaine or something like that all these yes. people have just kind yes. of come and like signed up and I'm like, oh my God, 3,000 people like want to subscribe to me. I can't believe it within a day. But then, then the next week, just even a week after you post and what's happened is everyone got this one notification, but they never are really preferencing the post itself, the format itself as much. So why with polls, why do you think that they, they, that when they came out with that feature, they gave it to your feed, like they gave you huge reach. But why is it with newsletter, it's not the same that you didn't give, you know, every time you posted a newsletter, they didn't give the same reach as you do when you yeah. do a poll. Yeah, I so understand. I don't know exactly why I do, but as as we've as we've spoken about, you know, it's it's adoption first and foremost. It's this is new. We need people to get behind it. Let's you know, let's make sure that do everything we can to make it make it a success. So giving this extended or expanded reach is part of that that you know that game book. But um, I think one of the issues with the newsletter is that. Uh, I believe I'm right in, in in saying that it can be read off the platform, so it can be read entirely in your yes. in your email. Now, if that's the case, then why why you know how does that how does that incentivize anyone to come back to the platform and then engage engage on it if they can read the entire thing, right? If you're reading it on your device and you can just read it and you're not on the platform, then you're not going to engage. You're not going to actually come back. So that's a, that's a, that's an issue, I think. Yeah. Um, what ha- what happens is that there's no, for me, there's no that much impression when I post with the caption, but what happens is because they've got the subscribers, they're getting that notification. So my readership is, I can see that this many, within right. the first hour, I've had 800 reads of the yes. article, but I've had not the same impression. Right. Does that right. make so, weird? That's weird, isn't it? Like it the is caption weird. itself it, yes. doesn't yes. have the viewership, but the right. content's been notified for all my subscribers and they're all red. So I, now I have to look at a totally different dimension of we don't what know. I'm actually measuring. Right. But we don't know, do we? Because we're not given a click-through rate. So, so I don't we don't know. know. Who's, yeah. I don't know who's yeah, read we, it. Exactly. We don't, and so, Which is BS. Question, it is BS. Which is BS. The question, the question then is, well, why don't they give us the, the click-through rate? Because that surely is one of the, these basic stats that we would need as a as a you know uh, a content producer and is it because well maybe they don't trust their own mechanism delivery mechanism that that's what is it not mature do. enough or is it because they're not mature enough to understand like if you look at an email platform you email someone you know who opened that email and you know who clicked into that yeah right Right. And you get that data. So you've produced a piece of content and you get pieces of um, feedback back for, from you. LinkedIn is giving 
is trying to compete with emails by putting newsletters within its platform. There's no doubt about that. It's, that. it's what it's doing. It's like, you don't need to do all that. You can just do it all here and spend the whole of your life every day here on LinkedIn for 12 hours a day and go for it. But yet, when it comes to data, the only thing I like about subs- newsletters is at least I know who's subscribed as opposed to all yes, my followers. But, but it's this long-ass <laughs> list. It's ridiculous. I know. And you can't export <laughs> it out. No. So, what, so ex- what, you know, when, when LinkedIn do stuff like that, my, my first reaction is, well, they just are control freaks and they don't want us to be empowered with uh, data, right? They would much rather be uh, guarding the kingdom of data, uh, which of course is value to them, which they can sell. And they don't want us to become too powerful, too informed that we can maybe, I don't know, build our own elsewhere or however we want to leverage that data. That's what I always think about. It's it's either that or it's a combo of, look, the, the infrastructure just isn't there. We can't give our users what they want. And, we don't, and we're certainly not going to admit that. I mean, why would we admit to that kind of a, a weakness? Or is it privacy, privacy laws that are, you know, uh, guarding the data in their mind? Or is that just an excuse? I'm not sure about that. That, you know, how much... Yeah. Well, How in terms of G- yeah, in terms of GDPR, uh, you know, which which does affect um, the US as well, uh, that we we should uh, we we are entitled to know who our subscribers are because Correct, we have they a subscribe. <laughs> yes, so you know, I'm, I'm not sure they've if, actually uh, subscribed. They've hit a button yes. called subscribe, and that right. straight away means that we yeah. have the right to send them. The newsletter, and if they're trying to do the same exact thing in email, we've got the right to the data. So, um, I mean, yeah, you could manually go through each thing because and do it, but it's just a mess. Um, yeah, it's interesting. 12, I don't. I think sometimes I think it's infrastructure that is preventing them, or they're just releasing so many things they're not actually building out one feature really well and making it meaningful because they're onto the next thing of audio rather than providing and, a meaningful yeah. experience to us. Right, and they never they never get out ahead of this stuff, right? They never go and uh, give presentations or town halls. Uh, they they always kind of doing everything in the dark, and uh, you know stuff just arrives without often without an explanation. It's like okay, all right, I guess you know rollouts. You never know which which part of the rollout you rollout you're in. Uh, you know when you're going to get new features, <laughs> all of this stuff. I tell you, it's because they're a monopoly that they 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 do this stuff, right? If if we had another site that we could go to, um, then yeah, that would change things rapidly, without a doubt. Tell, tell me about groups. I see that you're a pretty big fan of LinkedIn groups, and I've never seen any value of groups because I just feel some of them are just trying to sell people stuff with as soon as you join you, you know, whereas Facebook's got really meaningful groups that you can be part of. Um, what's is what, but you talk, talked about groups a few times is yeah. LinkedIn groups something that can be actually meaningful. Yeah. I mean, define value and define meaningful. So I started off with groups, actually. I, I, I started building groups and it was mind blowing at the time that I could build uh, these communities and they would grow. Uh, some more rapidly than others. And that's where I got to understand, you know, how the platform worked. So as a legacy of that, I've got, um, oh, how many? I think I've got 12 groups with over 40,000 members in aggregate, which um, is pretty pretty important to me. Now, in terms of uh, value, well, if, if groups weren't valuable, 
then these these communities would not grow. In fact, they'd lose members. Um, not, most of those groups have continued to grow over the last five years, uh, and I tracked them recently. So that's an important takeaway is that, look, if groups are so horrible and, and you know useless, then people would not join them. So clearly they're joining them for, uh, for some reasons. Some of those reasons could be uh, not necessarily hanging out in the in the public area of those groups and communing or communicating, but actually to use them as a badge of interest in their profile page. It's a way to signal what they're interested in. It's also a phenomenal way to uh, build your your network, uh, dear dear Melanie. We are we are both members of the um, powered parachute community okay. uh, on that basis. Uh, I, I would love to, to, you know, that's a valid connection request right there is, look, they've done their research and clearly, you know, on, on paper, you have something in common. And then there's no accounting for, there's no way to track what happens between, uh, you know, group intra communication. So in other words, we don't know who's sparking back and forth, how often within that group. So some of those reasons are why groups are still, you know, uh, are still growing. And Groups are not hard. If you look at Facebook groups, which are phenomenal mm. uh, and have been for a while, LinkedIn could easily, and they they haven't, you know, they haven't worried about borrowing from other socials in the past. They could easily replicate that, and suddenly, you know, they would be on fire fire again. So, yeah, I I, I really hope that LinkedIn groups are not shut down or left to die in the vine. And I read, I came across something recently where LinkedIn were uh, would actually came out and said the quiet bit out loud. And they said, yeah, if groups are inactive, uh, we're going to close them down. And then yeah. I, I immediately I tried to find out what they mean by inactive. Of course, there's no definition of that. So in other words, they can shut groups down on the sly without you doing, without you being able to do a damn thing about it, which worries me because I've, it's not just about, you know, these groups that I've got, but it's the communities or the people that have actually, you know, joined those for those reasons. And you know, LinkedIn Audio should have been released, should have been launched in groups because, hmm, let me think about this. We've got communities, already made communities, with something in common, and potentially they would want to discuss and get together with you know, like-minded souls. Where could we possibly launch LinkedIn Audio groups? Yeah. And LinkedIn Audio is sort of... You're, you're saying that the, it's a LinkedIn audio event, right? Where you can host audio events and bring people together. Yeah, I got to experience yeah. that. Pre- pretty, yeah. so, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Pretty it cool. is cool, but it's it's also it's also uh, a bit of work. You know, it's like twelve steps. Yes, twelve steps. I saw, to, I, I saw your post on that to, to, launch, to do that to launch a room. It's like I mean, no. I mean, I'm just trying to perfect my newsletter here, guys. You know, like one thing at a time. Like I feel like yeah. you know and. There's so yeah. much there. It'd be nice to just get one thing really done well and get data from, and I would be really happy. Then I could just st- be motivated to stay consistent. I guess my final couple of things with you is other platforms. Have you ever thought, you know, what's next? Like, you know, LinkedIn sort of integrated with Twitter. You can kind of, you know, repost there if you do a text post. Mm-hmm. TikTok's making a real dent. Do you, and I, I guess, I see that your viewpoint when I've read is LinkedIn will always be there because it's got its sort of, it's got its niche, but these players are coming out with some pretty superb content creatives, like particular TikTok and what you can do with video. You can really become a creator in that and just 
you know, put music and it's easy to do like kind of Canva has done for graphics. So what's your viewpoint on, you know, LinkedIn versus TikTok or LinkedIn versus Twitter or LinkedIn versus, you know, who knows what's next? Yeah, so I have, um, I've been a huge fan of TikTok for the last year and a half, two years, and uh, it's, it's been mind blowing to me. I, I um, will jump on TikTok and just scroll and it's part of my day for whatever, 10, 15 minutes. And it's just, it's just a delightful experience. And of course, the algo is so smart that it gives you more of what you apparently seem to like. And then, you know, you're always getting explanations or you're getting the, you know, the real story and in, in comments, but also you're getting, you're getting hilarious comments voted at the top. So it, it, you know, it's similar to LinkedIn comments, right? That are, are, are much appreciated. The most appreciated go to the top. Uh, what I'm what I'm not seeing uh, so much on TikTok is the community building. So you, you, there's no there does unless I I haven't done my research or I haven't seen it yet. Is there's no the the, the community building side is missing, but everything else has got it. I mean, I get my music now because of TikTok, right? I look at uh, what is oh that sounds amazing. That's great, and so I'm entertained. And it's it's pure social for me, but also there are people on LinkedIn. Uh, there's a lawyer, Alex Sue S U, yes. who does hilarious uh, TikTok stuff, and that's clearly the yeah. model, right? It's it's humor, Correct. it's creativity, and um, I think the closest that LinkedIn uh, got to TikTok, anything like TikTok, and it was nothing in comparison, was Stories, and then they shuttered Stories. I know. So, so sad. So it's like, all right, so that this is LinkedIn throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. And so it would be, be interesting to see if they try and take a page out of TikTok. But TikTok is this uh, amazing, um, amazing, amazing, entertaining thing where, where businesses right. certainly can get clients. Uh, but, the, you know, I think that the most creative, uh, the most funny um, will, will win, uh, you know, if we're talking about businesses on TikTok. Yeah, I think I think LinkedIn taking away stories was just a knee-jerk reaction looking back because it just now looking at how much reels are being made and how reels do so well across multi-channel, it would have really helped us creators get into video streaming and, you know, being able to be multi-channel much more easier. But taking that away really stopped, I guess, us moving more quickly into video, which is a natural thing that's probably has to happen for all creators is, you know, how you can get into video. But if they had that, it would have probably been motivating going, okay, well, I'll create this because I can get into, I can cross channel this in. So. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be three things, doesn't it? It's a talent, which is a kind of a constant uh, that's, that's goes for content strategy everywhere. But a, if you've got the talent B, if you've got the software, so there are all kinds of apps that will really, really help you on TikTok and help you to achieve a certain look or a certain thing, and very, very easily, you know, the Canva, the Canva esque thing. Uh, and three, it's the tech, it's the technology, and everyone's got a phone with a camera, uh, a front facing camera, and that's that's it. You're you're in the game. So it's uh, we're going to see a lot of great creators out there, a lot of people. And rightly so, making uh, you know, making bank because of uh, they've been able to leverage all three of those things. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you for so authentically sharing and exploring some of the thoughts that have been going through my mind. It's been great to be able to bounce 
with someone that's got so much depth and insights of the platform and coming on. I really look forward to everyone listening to this. I think they're going to get so much value. Um, and I'd love to, again, do this regularly sometimes again to catch up on what's going on with the algo. So thank you. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me on. You're listening to Innovative Minds. Tune in every Thursday and spark your mind.